So I'm real excited, guys. We're going to be picking up on a part four of this, this campaign, right, that we have launched four weeks ago that we're calling 40 Days of Community. Somebody say community. community. Put that in the chat today if you're with us. Community. And so we've been, we've, been, we've been asking God and praying and seeking God for real community to take place. So we launched this four weeks ago already. And we're calling it 40 Days of Community. And today we're going to be talking about growing together. Did you know you can't grow alone? It takes others because others push us and they help us. They call us out on our junk. They help us grow and thrive. They, they help us stay accountable. And they, they speak truth even, even when, when we think we don't need to hear truth, right? And so growth as iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. We need others to help keep us Sharp, but so I'm excited to dive deeper with you guys. But before I do, I just wanted to go ahead and tell you guys thank you so much for your prayers and for those that are going to small group. Who's been going to small groups? Don't be shy, man. Look at all those hands, man. That truly blesses me, guys. And if you've been going, you understand that real community and unity are taking place outside the walls of our church on, on different nights of the week. I, I visited my second small group, I went to Miss Stacia and Shondor small group this week. And so I got to meet some, some people and, and hang out with people. And if I haven't been to yours yet, it's just a matter of time. I'm going to see the next two small groups in the next few weeks. So I'll, I'll come visit you guys and see you. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for, for getting engaged with what God is doing. Come on, somebody. Right? This is how we get engaged to what God is doing. And, and community and unity, guys, it doesn't just happen. It's cultivated. And so we are cultivating that as the body of Christ. And so I'm excited. But today we're going to be specifically talking about that word growth. Say it with me. Growth. Because maturity understands, especially as the life of a Christian, that growth is something we never outgrow. <laughs> right, that's kind of cheesy. But why do we think in the back of our minds that like one day I'm going to get to this, this place or this season, or this plateau where I'm just going to have the blessed life, and then you know what, I can, I can quit growing. How, how crazy does that sound with me just, just sharing that? But we'll think that way sometimes. And so growth, guys, you know your faith is not a, a destination. Now, there is an eternal destination for all those who believe. Come on, somebody. But our faith is a journey. It is a journey. There are ebbs. There are flows. There are peaks. There are valleys. There are bright spots. There are dark spots. There are seasons and moments of joy. There are seasons and moments of pain. And if we don't understand that if I'm not growing through those places, seasons, then something is wrong. I've missed it. Because God wants his children growing. Healthy things are growing things. Some things grow without even you thinking about. Some of our waistlines grow when we eat one cheeseburger, right? That just happens. You blink and one day your baby's three and a half years old. They just grow. Your spiritual life is not, someone say not, like that. Your spiritual life requires 
diligence. The Bible says, study yourself approved. Study thyself. It takes work. It takes time. It takes energy. We have to be our, our best prayer, our, our best prayer warriors and praise warriors individually for our faith. But I need to invite others that I can trust, others that are doing the same thing that I'm doing to grow spiritually into my life so that I can spur them on and they can spur me on. Doing your faith, if you're doing it alone, keep, don't quit, but I want you to hear me. Doing it with somebody else is so much better and so much more fun and engaging. And God will use so many times, so oftentimes, more than not, he'll use somebody else to help you in and through places and seasons of life. So if you got your Bible, who brought their sword? I hope you came to church with your sword. Even if it's on your phone, that's okay. I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians in the back. Back your Bible there, right? Chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. It says, Christ has died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, who knows Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. So get right today. I'm going to stop for a second. Get right today, right? Don't get saved getting right. Don't put it off for tomorrow. Tomorrow may not come. He's coming back. Look what he says. Whether he comes back, whether we're dead or alive, we can live with him forever. Verse 11. So this is what I want you to get. I want you to highlight this verse for today. We're talking about growth. It says, so encourage each other and build each other up. I want you to circle that little phrase. Build each other up just as you are all ready doing. God calls his church to be a people of faith that are engaged in building something upon the rock who is Jesus Christ. We build our, ourselves and our lives and our families on the rock and we help build people that we love and care about their lives. We help build them up, placing their faith on the rock that is Jesus that will stand. We cannot be a people that shies away from building what God is doing and engage in things like tearing down and cutting down others with our words, with our actions. We do it subtly. Sometimes we do it in sarcasm. Sometimes we do it in spite. If I'm honest, sometimes we're jealous of seeing God work and move in someone else's life that something I've been believing and praying for hasn't happened yet in my life. And so the enemy wants to, you crack the door and he comes in and you find yourself almost jealous of your brother and your sister. We have to be engaged in growing individually and helping building others up. It says in verse 11, so encourage each other and build each other up. I know this, every person, including you, everybody wants to be encouraged. Everybody needs that word of hope. Everybody wants to be cheered on, celebrated, complimented. Who has ever received a timely compliment? Right? Maybe you was having the worst day. And somebody, God, maybe sent them to you just to say something still and small like, you're doing a good job. I, when we compliment someone, especially if we believe in Jesus, when you compliment somebody, God is using you 
to tell that person that you see what they are doing. And if we're mature enough, we can take it to another spiritual level that says, I don't just see what you're doing. Jesus Christ sees what you're doing. He don't just see what you're doing. Jesus Christ sees what you're going through. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is seated at the right hand of God, forever interceding, praying for you and for me. This is how we affirm and build others up. Look at that first point for today on our outline. Whether you got a paper outline today in the house or if you're joining us online, we got our, our online our online outline, that's a tongue twister, for you to follow along with us. Look what it says. It says, so we grow, someone say grow. Grow together by affirming each other's worth and by accepting, acknowledging, and celebrating one another. So God wants us to grow together by being in relationship together. And if you missed last week, we talked all last week about the importance of healthy relationships. And with Jesus Christ, if he's your healthiest relationship, you can have healthy relationships. As you begin to do your faith with him and with others in a healthy way, God will begin to use you as an instrument of righteousness to do these things we're talking about. Affirming, confirming, complimenting, encouraging, building up, not tearing down, building up with your words. Did you know that your words are containers? Containers of life. Or of, come on somebody, shout it at me. Life or death is what Proverbs says. That the, there's power in the tongue. The power of the tongue has the ability to produce life or death. And from its fruit you shall receive. Growth, I said our spiritual growth isn't something that just happens. It has to be cultivated so it's it's. It's a, it's a season and a way of life that we sow and we reap. We sow and we reap. It takes actions, but much of the growth that God wants to do in and through you and in and through others through you is by the words that we speak. Can you agree with me today? Can you buy in and believe that what you say has power? Can you? Okay, guys, if we believe that our words truly have power, Let's speak, let's speak life over our marriages. Let's speak life over our kids. When we're at home, when we're not at church, when we're with those that are closest to us, when we're with those that know how we really act, right, when we get in our pajamas, when we're walking around the house in our, in our comfy clothes. If, if we really believe that, let's speak life. Because when we affirm and confirm others, we accept them for who they are, not just who they are, but who God has called them to be, and we celebrate them. And God wants us to do that with our lives, with our words. Your words have the ability, think of this, your words have the ability to help somebody else grow. Man, the Holy Spirit wrecked me this week. If I could, when I'm feeling flustered or if I'm feeling angry, if I didn't go to that, the autopilot response or the autopilot answer, if I allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and minister and allowed the Holy Spirit to, to bridle my tongue and to, and to be words of life, 
I could say something to somebody else that'll help them grow instead of get worse. And it, it, it irks us when we see somebody doing the thing they shouldn't do, right? We can pick up on it so quick. Oh, they're doing that wrong. Oh, they don't see what they're doing, what they're saying. Deep down, I believe, as Christians, we want to see that, that area of life transformed by God. But if we could see that maybe God wants to use us, come on, somebody. Instead of judging them or just standing back from afar waiting to see what's going to happen with this situation. If we could step in by faith and begin to speak life and, and understand that our words have power and that if we speak, we could help give them the ability to grow. Have you met somebody or do you currently know somebody that has shut down because they've been cut down? I bet we all know somebody. We see them disengaged. Maybe they come to this church. Maybe you got hurt and offended this morning. The devil will use offense. A knowing, offense that knowingly took place or an offense that the other person didn't even know that they did that hurt you. To keep you hurt and stuck, right? Because they'll shut down because they got cut down. And if God sees, uses us to see that they've set up maybe some walls or some boundaries or they're disengaged a little bit, who can answer the call with me and say, you know what, God, you can use me. All you have to do, you don't need to know 10 million Bible verses. All you need to do is love, encourage, celebrate, and speak life. Be an encourager. Share your testimony. Help drag them out of that pit. Look at Matthew 3, 17. Let me give you some context. John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin, actually just baptized Jesus into the water. And out of the water, look what the Father says over his son. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son who I am what? Well pleased. What is God the Father doing? Shout it at me. What is God the Father doing for his son? He's edifying him. What was that last point? We need to affirm, to encourage others. Even Jesus Christ needed to be affirmed. So if Jesus Christ needed to hear his father say, you're doing a good job, you are my son, you are capable, you are able, you have my stamp of approval, you are my son who I am well pleased. If the son of God needed that from his father, how much more does your neighbor need it? More times than not, that person is probably being cut down at work, cut down in their family, cut down by others. And if you, I'm not saying you can be God. None of us can be God. None of us can be Jesus. But you can be an extension of his love. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen? And, and you can affirm and encourage that person. 
Now, I want to backtrack for just a second before I, I, we flip over to Romans. We need to start, as I said, growth is something that never ends. No matter if you've been a Christian 10 years, a month, a day, we all need to grow. And so upon that revelation, we all understand that we got things we're working on, right? So how profound would it be if we started with others from a place of affirmation and comfort and encouragement? Don't start your relationships with others by the, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Maybe they still drink. Maybe they still cuss. Maybe they're still using drugs. Are those good things? No. Are those things that we affirm and celebrate? No. I've seen Christians start at that place. Oh, you? You've got to get right here first. You've got to start doing this and start doing this. What does that person do? They shut down. Why? Because they got cut down. That's for free today. But, somebody say but. If we could start, let the Holy Spirit show us. Holy Spirit, what are they doing right? What are they doing good? Because you got to start somewhere. Every one of us was a baby and every one of us started on the milk. Some of you are on steak spiritually. That's cool. That's great. Blessed life is a good life. But you got to start on the milk. And so you celebrate and affirm the little victories. Maybe they didn't cuss once that day. Maybe they didn't cuss once that hour. And you start, and that's, that's how you cultivate the growth. That's where you let the Holy Spirit pinpoint, okay, I'm putting all my eggs in this little victory. And I'm going to be their best champion. And I'm going to keep encouraging them. And as they conquer that devil, new devils, new levels and so then that's how we begin to grow together and, and don't forget that that you got some things you're working on too right and how awesome would it be if someone come alongside you and began to encourage and pour into you the things that you're doing to give you hope and, and you're running and charging and believing and before you know it this thing that you were battling is like i'm overcoming this thing because somebody else has come alongside me and they're, they're helping me grow and they're helping me thrive. Look at Romans. Turn over to Romans. Back towards the front of your Bible there from Thessalonians. Turn to chapter 15. I want to give you one quick verse. As we're talking about accepting others and, and building others up, right? As we grow together. It says, therefore, accept each other just as Christ has what? Accepted you. So that God will be given the glory. So we accept others and we understand what happens when we accept somebody. We accept them for who they are and who God has made them to be. As I just said, we don't condone sin, but when we truly accept, as we just read, therefore accept each other as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. When I accept them exactly where they are, maybe they, maybe they still ain't been totally cleaned up by Jesus Christ yet, when I accept them for, for just who they are, guess what I do? I remove myself from being the judge, and I make God their judge. And when I do that, I, I allow them time for the transformation to take place. 
If someone needs to change, and that's all of us, don't look at your neighbor if it's your husband or wife. If only they could just change that thing, God. Right? Lord, change them. If someone needs to change, we have to pray that he transforms them. I can't do God's part. There's peace in that. Some people may never change. Bible says hell will be filled with souls of those who rejected God. I hope and pray they accept the transformational power of Jesus Christ. They may not, but stand and believe and pray in hope. What do I do as I wait that transformation? I remain encouraged. In the meantime, I encourage and affirm and celebrate again the things that they are doing right. And it's a cycle of life, and I speak life, and I build up and encourage others. Look at that next point. So we grow together by accepting each other, building each other up. The second point says we grow together by praying for each other's spiritual growth and maturity. We have to see that the desire that you have for growth and change to happen in your life is the same that somebody has in their life, right? And most of us along the way will probably reach a breaking point, a 12th hour, so to speak, where we've hit a wall. We have hit a wall. I wonder if I have the faith to keep going. I wonder if, if I'm on the right path, if... We come up with all sorts of ifs. What if we understood that we grow together through prayer and that the thing that I need somebody to pray for me for may be the same thing that somebody else is needing prayer for? And what if, I believe I said this maybe a couple weeks ago, what if we would pray for others like we pray for ourselves? What if we prayed for others? What if we prayed for the guy at work that gets under our skin like we pray for God to give grace to our kids? Want grace for my kids? Don't quite necessarily know if I want grace for your kids. Because if, if we can move into that type of faith, praying for those that maybe we're struggling with in relationship, like we pray for strength for ourselves, maybe we can grow together. I know going through tough seasons and, and tough things in my life, I begin to ask people that I trust to pray for me, to begin to open up with what's going on with me. And it's like, couple days, maybe a week later, it's like something feels different. You know what? I, I'm not as discouraged and, 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 and helpless as I felt. Here to tell you, I believe that that happens because I, I asked somebody else to what? Start praying for me. To start praying for me. And I actually literally could feel their prayers. What happened? I grew through the breaking point. I grew through the 12th hour. I grew 
through the doubts. So if you are fighting a battle that you feel like you're fighting alone, can I, can I tell you something? Find somebody and tell them what's going on. Somebody that you can trust. Like I said, I feel like I said that a million times. That you know that you know that you know is actually going to pray for you. Like they would pray for themselves and watch you grow up out of that. Grow and go up out of that, that season, that pit, that, that, that place. Look at, flip over to Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 16 through 20. I want you to look at this, look at this. Look what Paul says. He says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. He says, I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might. What does that say? So that you might grow, it says, in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts be filled and flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given you. Excuse me, given to those he has called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. He says, I pray for you constantly to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. What if we prayed for others like we pray for ourselves? And what if we prayed for God's best over others? Paul's saying, I pray for you constantly. I pray that you would grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of our Lord. I pray that you would, that you would grow. I pray that your Paul didn't say this, but let's, let's do this. Pray that you would grow, excuse me, in the knowledge of our Lord, that your, your wife would grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Even if they've come to know the Lord, that they would grow at a deeper level, that your, that your kids and your grandkids would continue to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. And we pray that God would not just change them. I wonder if, if we're just praying for God to change Billy Bob and, and to change Linda Lou, and, and we want God to change them because I don't like that about them. What if I could stop praying for God to change things and people that I don't like and begin to pray over people for God's best in their life. Come on, can I get an amen? amen? If you're praying for God to change something in somebody else just because you don't like it, that is not a prayer. That is you trying to be God. But if you can sincerely pray that they would grow in an intimate relationship with God, and to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, that transformation will happen. And if it's, if it's bad, God will, God will pluck it. He, he, plucks, he prunes the vine, right? The things that, that, that have dead fruit, he'll pluck away and so that the things that have healthy, good, vibrant fruit can continue to grow and to thrive. Let's stop judging people and start praying for people. Look at that next point. So we grow by accepting others, affirming others, by praying together, by asking for prayer from others. And this is probably my favorite point for today. 
we have to see that, that we can't wear masks. We have, to, we have to be honest with who we are and where we're at. Look what this point says. It says, so we grow together by admitting our mistakes and by being honest, open, and transparent. We got that in parentheses there, hot. H for honest, O for open, and, and T for transparent. If you've been through our encounter, you have heard that before. Right? But we do that with each other. This empowers us because it helps us know we're not alone. People need to see your faults because that's how we relate to others. We relate to others' faults. And guess what? If I can't relate to somebody, then I sure, I sure can't, uh, can't grow with them. There has to be a connecting point with others as we do relationships. I believe I've said this too a few weeks ago. Nine times out of ten, we connect to other people's failures long before we connect to their victories. Your victories are important, but don't come out of the gates talking about how blessed your life is. Come out of the gates sharing with where you was. The hurts and the trials and the dark nights and the addictions and the the evil and the, the way the devil used you and the way you rejected and denied God and the pain you put upon yourself and, and on others when you were living in sin and neglecting your relationship with God. And that's how we become honest, open, and transparent. Because I feel like the world labels Christians in the church with, if you believe in Jesus, then you act like your life's all put together. And that is far from the truth. If you've come to church, a life-giving church, you understand that's the farthest from the truth. We actually, we're thankful and we understand how, how blessed and how thankful we are because God still said yes to us in our mess, right? So don't forget that little, that little speck of truth that because you are blessed now, it's because of that moment where you surrendered your life. And other people need to hear that. Because when they hear that, they see that you're human. They see that you're far from perfect. And they see, you know what? They got struggles like I got. And as soon as they begin to see you like them, now a relationship can happen. Now they can relate. Now they can connect. And God wants to use your story, your testimony, to help empower somebody else. Because why? What does the last statement of that point say? It helps reassure them and remind them that they're not alone. In your darkest test, in your darkest trial, I bet you probably thought you were alone. I bet you probably thought, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one that sees where I'm at. I'm the only one that sees and experiences this pain. But if God sent you an angel in the midst of the darkness, if God reminded you by the the, the Holy Spirit in that moment of, of despair, right? You are not alone. In that moment, your fight or flight kicked in. You, you, you said, I, I'm not running from this thing. I'm running towards Jesus. And what happened? You grew through the moment. God wants to use us to help others grow through the moment. We got to stop being fake. And we got to be hot. If you got a neighbor, tell them you hot.
<laughs> Sound kind of funny, right? You hot. You're honest. You're open. You're transparent. People in the world will be attracted to that type of hot. Somebody who's honest. Somebody who's open and transparent. That is attractive to our world. So church, if we can tap into that, the truth of who God has made us, God will use us. We've got to stop with the mask. We've got to stop acting like it's, we're all put together. And we have to be relatable to hurting, broken people. The Holy Spirit showed me this this week. Our hotness level, the level at which you are hot, honest, open, and transparent with God and with others, it determines your trust factor with others. We all want to be trusted, but we necessarily don't want to share what's really going on with us. What if the key to people liking you, loving you, and trusting you is grounded in the truth that God wants you to stop faking it. Stop acting like you're all put together when you're not. Let Jesus put you together and use that what God is doing in your life, how he is, he's growing you and he's using you that honest place of where you're at with somebody else because when you share that, that's what somebody connects with. That's what somebody buys in and says, you know what, I think I can trust this person because why would they share that with me if they didn't trust me? And so that is how healthy relationships grow and thrive. Also, there needs to be this built-in level of trust because I'm being hot with you, honest, open, transparent, and they're being hot with me, open, honest, and transparent. And there is a, a spoken understanding that what we say and share does not leave us. We pray for each other, and we fight for each other, and we believe for each other. Stay in Ephesians. Skip over a couple chapters. Go to verse, or excuse me, chapter 4, verse 21 through 25. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's what I want you to get. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. Say that word with me. Truth. Put that in the chat today, all caps. Truth, for we are all parts of the same Body, let me paraphrase what he's saying. Stop being fake. Stop wearing masks. Don't go back to living the way you used to live. Own the way you used to live. Come on, somebody. And stand and live in truth to help encourage others. Paul understood that we have to start from truth. Jesus said, I am in the way, the truth, and the life. Right? We, we, we have to... Begin to stand and live in truth around others. They have to see us demonstrate that so that we can learn to, to trust each other. Think of this. The level of which you live 
an honest life. Honesty before others. Honesty is the floor of your relationship. That's the foundation of every healthy, life-giving relationship. That has to be the starting place that you come to somebody else that you can trust just the way you come to God. This is, this is who I am. This is where I was, and this is the honest version of myself. That, that's the floor. That has to be the starting place, okay? But the level of your openness, your transparency, that is the ceiling of how deep and how far that relationship can go. Come on, that was supposed to be good. The floor of your relationships is, is, is truth, is honesty. You have to start there. If you start anywhere else, what are you starting at? You're starting in a lie. God can't bless that. If you start with a place where you're wearing a mask in a certain area of your life, God can't bless that. You're starting out the gate with this relationship rooted in falsity, in a lie. The floor has to be honesty. But the level of openness and transparency that can begin to transpire as you grow and, and go with this other person, sky's the limit. That's the ceiling. You can go as and high and far as you want. As you're being open and transparent with them, they are being open and transparent with you. And there is, God literally removes the lid off that relationship. What kind of ministry could y'all start together? What kind of impact could you make at work if you work together? What kind of impact could you make in the community that you live if you share a community, if you are honest, open, and transparent in all areas of your life as you're praying and believing and running and doing life and your faith together? Amen? Look at that last point for today. The last way, this ain't the last way we grow together, but this last way we grow together that I'm going to give you for today, someone say today, is by encouraging one another and to be committed to the things that really matter. We all need to be reminded of the things that really matter. Your healthiest relationships will remind you of the things that really matter. The world will tell you, you ain't going fast enough, you ain't grinding hard enough, you ain't got the, 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 the gifts or the talents or you ain't been equipped to, to do that. Most of that stuff doesn't even matter. Healthy relationships, somebody that's going and growing alongside me, they'll remind me what really matters. They'll remind me that, you know what, I am equipped that I am able. And if I'm holding out for this thing to happen, I'm praying for, maybe I'm single and I'm praying for a healthy relationship. If you're single and you're praying for a spouse one day, if God's put that in your heart, he'll bless you. Amen. Stay faithful, stay believing, but don't listen to the world. I hope you got somebody in your corner because God will send somebody in your life, but guess who else will send somebody in your life? The devil. And the devil only sends counterfeit things. Things that don't really matter, all brought to you in, in the form of a shortcut, in the form of smoke and mirrors, all designed to sidetrack you, really designed to kill you, kill, steal, and destroy from you. So why do I need others that are growing? 
because they'll remind me. They'll, they'll encourage me. They help remind me to stay committed to my life of faith. Stay committed to prayer. Stay committed to my church. Stay committed to the things that, that, that I am doing good, the things that I am doing right. Others help us stay humble and encouraged. If you need encouragement, I want to challenge you. Be an encourager. Encouragement is contagious. Now, I'm not saying, as I just told you guys, don't wear masks and, and don't be fake, right? So I know when you're going through something hard, it's, it's hard to encourage others. But with the Holy Spirit, I really believe if your motivation is, God, I, because I, I need some encouragement, let, let, let me be this fire starter. Holy Spirit, remind me of how blessed I am. Encourage me, strengthen me so that I can encourage others because when that little fire breaks out of encouragement, guys, it is contagious. It's contagious. You compliment somebody that day, they probably go and compliment somebody else. And you speak love and life to somebody and they probably go and speak. It's a cycle of life. Maybe God wants to use us to be that spark of being encouragement, to help reminding others to stay committed to the faith. Look at that last scripture I want to give you today, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 25. It says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm for God can be trusted to keep His promises. Let us think of ways to what? Motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but what? Encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is Drawing near. Two things I want you to highlight. In verse 24, it says, motivate one another. Underline that. Verse 25, it says, encourage one another. When we encourage and motivate others, when we compliment others, when we affirm and confirm things that people are doing good and right, we literally deposit hope and God's love in that individual. What if we could regularly deposit God's love into others. If you can regularly deposit God's love into other people's lives, guess what they are going to do? They are going to grow. And they're going to grow in that little seed that you cultivated. As you pat them on the back, as you say, Hold out for this promise. Stay encouraged. Stay faithful. I'm praying for you. I'm praying God's word over you. When you do that type of relationship in a healthy way, you deposit God's hope and God's love in their heart. And that type of seed, that type of love, it will grow. We sow so that we can reap, not just you and me, but so that they can reap. Who can be a sower? I need some sowers. This is cheesy and corny, but so that we can have growers. We sow so that others can grow. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name, if you receive it, say amen.
Amen. I need sowers. Let's sow today together. Let's, let's pray together as we close. Heavenly Father, God, we, we love you and we thank you. I thank you for your word. I pray that it would inspire us and encourage us. I pray that it would show us that, you know what? It's not my job to judge others. It's not my job to try and change people. But God, if you can use me, I'll speak truth in life and love to deposit seeds of love. And we're relying on you to be the transformer. God, you be the transforming force in the lives of others. Our goal is not to change others, but so that we can all grow and thrive in the kingdom of God until Jesus' return. That was a theme in scripture today. Encourage others as we wait for Jesus to come. Be faithful with others as we wait for Jesus to come. Let us be a church of community and unity. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you as I close, if, if you are already in a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, on a daily basis, I want to say thank you for your faith. But I want to ask you right now to pray for the lost world. There's somebody today that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. It could be somebody sitting here in church, and that's totally fine. And the reason I ask you to pray for them is because I want to see people experience a real God in the midst of their real lives, in the midst of their real pain. And I, I told you as we started service, if, if you're here today, maybe just visiting, or your life may look like a, a total wreck. I, I don't know where you are, but if you need hope today, his name is Jesus Christ. And if you want to pray to accept Jesus Christ I want you to say yes today. What I, how I want you to say yes is it's not for me or anybody else. No one's looking at you. We're actually praying for you. But if God is dealing with your heart right now on the inside of you, only you know he's tugging on them strings. He's dealing with your mind. He's dealing with your heart. The cool thing is if you can feel that, that's proof that he exists. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So if God is speaking to you, I want you to respond by faith. I want you to do something with what he's saying. So if you want to pray to accept Jesus Christ, I want you to do one or two things. You can raise your hand up really high right now. Raise it up, or you can just simply stand up, physically stand up out of your chair to say, I hear God and what he's saying to me, and I want to pray to accept his son right now. It'll be the best decision you ever made. I promise you. Give you a few moments. If you're joining us online, let, let us know if you're praying that. Put something in the chat, please. Say you're praying and accept Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to lead us all in a prayer. I ask that you guys repeat after me today. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We accept your son, Jesus. We believe that he is the son of God, the Lord of my life. I confess now that he has a say in my life. He's my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. And send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I hope you guys enjoyed church today. 
if we're glad you came today. We, I know we're glad you came. Y'all are officially dismissed. Let me say, if you said that prayer for the first time today, tell somebody about it. Come see me, and we'll do whatever we can to help you continue to grow, and we want to welcome you to the Forever Family. Amen?